In the first part of our podcast, we looked at status issues in Spain, UK and Sweden and how our respective jurisdictions have taken differing approaches to these issues. In this part, we cover AI and algorithmic management, social security and tax issues, particularly as they relate to platform workers. Good afternoon and welcome back to part two of our Inangard podcast on platform workers. Inangard is an alliance of specialist employment law firms across Europe, China and Australia. I'm Meryl April, a partner in CM Murray in London, and I'm joined today by Maria Jose Sanchez Garcia of Augusta Abogadas in Spain and Carl Frederick Hedenstrom of Morris Law in Sweden. In the first part of our podcast, we looked at status issues in Spain, UK and Sweden and how our respective jurisdictions have taken differing approaches to these issues. In this part, we cover AI and algorithmic management, social security and tax issues, particularly as they relate to platform workers. We should probably move on to talk a bit about um, artificial intelligence and how that's operating in the labour market in different different jurisdictions. And I think coming back to you first again, Marie, because that's part of the new regulation, is it the second part that you talked about? rights for the Workers' Committee? Yes, the second part of the regulation, I think that is very, very important in Spain, but I think that also is going to be a, a very important topic for, for, for everyone in, in, in globally. Because as far as I know, it's uh, the first regulation that uh, rules the right of Workers' Committee to receive information related to artificial intelligence and algorithmic management. The impact on this uh, new regulation, uh, we have to wait uh, how it's going to be developed in our near future because uh, it's going to enter into force uh, next August. I don't, uh, I'm not aware of any company that in a voluntary manner informs about all these new items of managing employment uh, relationships to trade union or, or employees so so we have we have to we have to wait uh, what it is clear is that uh, algorithmic management artificial intelligence um, offers a lot of information so uh, the first thing is going to be to define exactly which information and in which manner companies are obliged to provide with to workers' committee. We are not used, uh, let's, let's speak is crystal clear, employment court, at least in Spain, employment law advisor or trade unions are not familiar with uh, AI algorithmic management. The law is unprecise and therefore subject to interpretation. I envisage controversies on this scope and manner of providing with such information that probably ends in a, in a court uh, room. And I also see a lot of opportunities for trade unions to ask for important information, for instance, uh, when they are negotiating a collective restructuring in a company. 
So I see that is going to be a, a very important uh, topic. And it's also related to another subject that uh, it has become a very important one in our current model of uh, employment relationships. That is the data protection. AI and uh, algorithmic management may imply treatment of data protection. So companies and also workers' committee must be very careful with the, the treatment of data protection due to affect to fundamental rights of the employees and might, might be respected. In my view, companies, uh, when the new regulation is informed, must, might consider which uh, additional protocols or policies should be put in place and also which additional information should be provided uh, directly to employees regarding the treatment of their personal data information through AI and algorithmic management. Another topic, maybe for, 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 for another chat, is uh, the trade secrets. Companies are, are worried about the, the trade secrets. They are going to be affected by these new information uh, rights uh, that, that the Spanish regulation confers to the workers' committee. Of course, that uh, the information that companies uh, provide to workers' committee should also respect uh, not just the personal data privacy, but also the trade secret of the company. But who is going to define which is a trade secret? Who is going to define which is a sensitive uh, information? If the parties uh, do not get an agreement, and when I mean the parties, I, I mention, I'm referring to trade unions, worker committee, and companies, at the end, it's going to be a judge who, who is going to decide or uh, the labor inspectorate in Spain. But I think that we have a very interesting challenge uh, for the mid and for the, for the long term. Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure you're right, certainly in the individualistic uh, environment of the UK's labour market, there's not going to be any volunteering of information. It's going to be individual uh, data subject access requests, litigation, dragging information out of people. And uh, in preparing for this podcast, we saw that there's been some uh, litigation already in Denmark, certainly in relation to our good friend Uber, although uh, because they hold their data in the Netherlands, um, which GDPR applies. And the union, the app drivers and couriers union, alleged that Uber had relied too heavily on a machine learning algorithm when dismissing drivers suspected of fraudulent activity. Um, but under Article 22 of the GDPR, Uber, um, uh, sorry, that prohibits Uber from making decisions which have legal or other significant effects on data subjects if they do it solely by way of um, automated processing. Uh, but in that particular case, the court rejected the allegation that Uber had used algorithms only to terminate drivers. And they were also able to fend off wide-ranging requests for data from drivers who were looking to obtain more of the personal data that had been collected uh, by Uber and held by them. Uh, the court didn't object to the drivers seeking the data, but it rejected most of their specific requests because they were not sufficiently explained. 
or should be balanced against other third party rights, such as those of passengers. Uh, but they were ordered um, to provide a bit more data to the litigating uh, drivers. So I guess that's sort of chipping away at this, uh, you know, balance between who's got the data and, and, and how it's disclosed. And again, uh, we saw that in April 2021, a Dutch court ordered Uber to reinstate and compensate six drivers who had been fired based on incorrect assessments made by an algorithm, also represented by the app drivers and couriers union. And um, the technology in the driver's app had incorrectly flagged these drivers for fraudulent activity without any explanation. The drivers denied it. Um, unfortunately, that was not a contested case. Uber said they only became aware of it at the last minute, so it was default judgment. But it's an interesting sort of straw in the wind about how these cases will be approached, I think. And just quickly, um, a final example. In the UK, there was a case brought in the magistrate's court in April in relation to Uber withdrawing a license, sorry, Transport for London withdrawing an Uber license from a driver uh, because Uber had sacked him for alleged fraudulent activity because their artificial intelligence showed him purporting to log on in two different places at two different times. Um, and uh, in fact, that was not reliable, unreliable evidence. And so he was reinstated. And uh, there's also another aspect here, which I, I won't go into in any detail because aware of the time, but uh, it seems that some of these algorithms, they discriminate against people with darker skins. Uh, they find it harder to differentiate people and therefore there's an inbuilt bias and possible discrimination that could lead to unfair dismissals. But um, it, it, is this issue of artificial intelligence and algorithmic uh, management an issue in Sweden? Maybe not in this, to the same extent. First, first of all, regarding how to sort of get get any information from the company, if you're unionized, you will have the right to board representation for the employee from the union side, which means that in unionized companies, uh, the employee representatives will get exactly the same information about the company as the rest of the board. They are ordinary board members, which means that there is no real working com workers committees in Swedish companies. If you're not unionized, then of course that might be a problem. Uh, when it comes to all these sort of trials and and, uh, and and rulings in the labor courts in other countries, there's a lot of discussions about how to sort of evaluate the evidence. Uh, under Swedish procedural rules, the court is free to evaluate any sort of evidence that is brought before the court, uh, and and we don't have any sort of formal rules that says that some evidence is not admissible or something like that, the court is always free to evaluate everything that is thrown before it, which means that it can sort of look at evidence that is based on AI or similar as well. So th there's not been that sort of cases in Swedish courts. And then, of course, when it comes to terminations, uh, the Swedish model requires that you have that you that you do a termination in accordance with a, with, with a set set plan, and that you have just cause for termination. So I wouldn't say that it would be enough. I'm pretty certain that a termination that is determined by AI would not hold uh, in a Swedish labor court. That's I'm pretty certain about that. Yeah. At least not now. <laughs> no, at least not for now. Maybe maybe somewhere down the road when AI has become even more intelligent. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
again, the, the difference in structures is so fascinating, isn't it? It feels like some kind of utopia that you would have largely unionised workforce and a representative on the board who's entitled to everything. But um, yeah, very different. But just to move on quickly to um, the social security and tax implications and, and coming to you first this time, um, Carl Frederick, um, what, what's, is there a debate going on around status tax and social security in, in Sweden? Yes, well, 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 there is, and and it's sort of on the borderline of what is actually work and what is a hobby, and uh, you know where, where does the line go from being employed and actually doing a job, or just sort of uh, using these platforms for something else? Let, let's say Airbnb. Uh, you know, you, I'm I'm sitting in our uh, flat in the Swedish northern part of Sweden that we actually rent out a couple of weeks every year. Uh, we don't do that through Airbnb, but we still earn money and we use a platform to do it. Uh, I don't consider that being a job, really, uh, but I'm I'm getting income from it. And on the Swedish rules, then I'm, I'm taxed for it under under as capital uh, capital gains. But if I had two apartments, then it would all of a sudden I'd be professional. Then I would have be rent. Then I would rent out professionally. Okay, well, let's, we probably should sort of draw to our concluding remarks, I think. So we've heard a bit about the, the Spanish um, legislation and, and the goal of that. I think you've mentioned, well, you haven't, sorry, just tell us about, as my understanding of the goal of it is that that, that is to create more of a leg, level playing field and fair competition. Do you want to just sort of say a bit about that by way of concluding remarks? And also, what do you think is the most significant issue for the future? Well, I think that in, in the mid-future, for as I see the, the situation, I think that uh, we have a, a challenge to balance companies' rights, I mean, the freedom of, of enterprise, and also the right of making profits with the right of the individuals, uh, no matter if they call them employees or, or workers or freelance or whatever, but to balance that every individual that rendered uh, remunerated services on a regular basis uh, to a third party, to a company, has uh, a minimum level of protections in our jurisdiction that uh, seems to be organized through all the individuals uh, that um, are inserted in the organization of the company are going to be considered employees. That is what in our legislation warranties the same level for a minimum level of, of rights for everyone. And also is an approach that prevents unfair competition between companies. I think that this is another important angle. In, in the new regulations that we have explained that is going to enter into force next August in Spain, in the explanation of goals of the law, it's explained that it should be warranted the same rules for uh, traditional companies and a uh, platform of digital companies. We have to prevent uh, unfair competition between companies. And sometimes the problem is that uh, a platform company cannot assume all the costs uh, that implies to comply with legislation, employment legislation in form. I mean, the business model is not viable 
if they have to comply the law. But uh, if we compare uh, that company with, with another company that it, it must comply the law, traditional companies, I think that we are talking about uh, unfair competition. So this is an, an important angle of, of this problem. And also with the way our governments, our state uh, get uh, resources that at the end, uh, resources are going to finance hospitals, uh, schools, uh, etc. So if we, are, if we compare uh, self-employed status versus employee status, we have also to consider that companies that uh, hire freelancers pay less to the government, to the state, because they don't pay social security contributions for the individuals and uh, they doesn't withhold a minor percentage of withholding taxes. They didn't pay insurance in for protecting the individuals in case of accidents, etc. So I think that apart from the equity in writing between companies and, and individuals, I think that we also have to think equity between companies that are acting, are competing in, in the same field. And also uh, we have to think about government's resources that finance important things as uh, education, art, uh, our medical system. Thank you. Yes, I think another point just to add to that is so many of these platform companies come onto the market as disruptors, don't they? And they say, all these old traditional companies are doing all the same things in the same way. We're going to come in and disrupt. But then if they're successful, they grow, they get established, and then they end up going down the, the, the same path. So that's an, another angle on what happens, I suppose, to competition across the whole labour market. Yeah. But Carl, Carl Frederick, what's, what are your concluding thoughts, please? Well, I'm... I'm going to be a bit more philosophical and try to be as short as Sweden was able to keep the ball yesterday in the game against Spain. Spain. Oh, <laughs> now yes. talk about 10 seconds. <laughs> we got through nearly an hour. Yeah. No, 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 but, but I just think we, we're probably living through, it's the third or the fourth industrial revolution right now. You know, in Sweden, since we're about 100 years behind the UK, my grandparents lived through the first and then you had a computer age coming up on us and now it's AI. So, uh, so I just think it's going to be interesting. Thank you. And yeah, thank you, Maria Jose, for educating us in such a thoughtful way about the new Spanish regulation and the Spanish Employment Act and how that's likely to play out. And, and thank you for bringing in a bit of philosophy and a bit of football, uh, not to mention a Swedish perspective. Really grateful to you both. Thanks very much. So thank you, Maria Jose and Carl Frederick. We look forward to continuing the cross-border conversation as more developments arise in the future.